Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, hopefully you're doing okay in these strange times that we live in. Good to see you here this morning. Awesome. I'm going to pray just before we jump in. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for worship, for freedom. Lord, we pray that you would move and that you would speak and that you would strengthen us in this place today. I pray blessing upon every single person every heart, every family, Lord, that we would receive everything that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've called today, Call to the Lord. And the reason I've called it that is because if we look at history, hundreds of years, thousands of years throughout history, there's a pattern of us, God's people, calling out to the Lord, and the Lord renewing His people. I don't know about you, but there are times when I need renewing. There's times where we just don't feel very godly. There's times where we just don't feel very inspired to do great exploits for Jesus or to even walk with Him. And so there are times throughout history, I'm sure you've read enough of the Bible and you know story after story, you can think, wow, there are times where God moves in on his people, maybe an individual, maybe a whole bunch, and he renews them. There are times where great men of God in Scripture get very, very weak and they feel very, very inept, not capable. They can't keep going and you can probably think of them where they begin to call to the Lord. And that's what I want to remind us of is no matter what you're going through right now, whatever situation you're in, call to the Lord and He is faithful. He might be waiting for you right now to begin to call to Him. Or maybe you've been whispering and He wants you to yell. Maybe you've been gently asking Him, but He wants you to step out and begin to call on Him. Remember history really is a good indicator of how God moves. And if we look throughout history, when men and women of God really began to call on the Lord, He moved. He did stuff. And I believe firmly, and it's not just my belief, but it's also backed by Scripture, that if you call on Him, He is faithful. Whatever you're asking him for, he is faithful. I guarantee it. The Bible guarantees it. And so we can see throughout history waves and renewals and revivals and reformations and awaken any other name you want to call this stuff. You get the message, don't you? But all of these things are because humanity called on the Lord and then he began to move in like only he can do. We are in that situation, I think, and I know many of you do as well, and hence we're having seven nights of prayer. I don't know if we've ever really done that before, but it's just a fresh reminder, and we're going to call on the Lord this week and say, God, come and do what only you can do, because we can't make stuff happen. 
I wish we could, but we can't. It's not enough. All our efforts, all our striving, all our uh, whatever we can do is all good. But we need the Lord to come and move on in, don't we? And whether it's a wave, an outpouring, a refreshing, a revival, a reformation, or whatever you want to call it, we're just going to begin to call on Him and say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come to our region. Come to our families. Come to our homes. The broken, the needy, the strong, the weak. This whole region needs a reformation. And so let's have a look at a couple of scriptures um, starting in Jeremiah 33.3. should be really easy to remember if you want a memory verse this week. Jeremiah 3.3.3. And this is God telling us. He says, call to me and I will answer you. That's probably all you need to hear today. Call to me and I will answer you. What are you calling out to the Lord for? What are you asking him for? If we're asking for things in his name and by the will of God, then we can be assured he will answer. If it's on his heart and you ask him for it, he will give it to you. It might take longer as it normally does than we want. I don't know if he's ever answered a prayer on my timeline but he always answers it on his. And sometimes he doesn't answer it in the exact way I was asking because he knew that was my agenda, but he answers it in a better way. And I bet most of you, if you've been saved more than about six months, you can look back and go, wow, I'm glad he didn't answer it in my way. I'm glad he answered it in his way on his time schedule because it's so much better when it's the Father's heart that's poured out through us. Call to me and I will answer you. And get this, and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. If you need knowledge and wisdom that is beyond your capacity, follow this pattern. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to him and he will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not currently possess. I know right now there's things I'm asking him for that I do not have the solutions. I know right now in our climate in Australia, in South Australia, we have two elections coming up. We don't know exactly what's the best options. We don't know exactly who's going to be the best scenario leading us. To be honest with you, it's, it's you know, flip a coin. But he knows. But he knows. And we need him to come and move on into South Australia, into our parliament, into our politics, into our arenas of life into our educational systems, our universities. A lot of these things have been taken over by the left, but a move of God will take them back for His kingdom. And again, we, it's, it's not just nice espousings, because I've heard this stuff as many times as you have. But again, look at history. Look at history. Look at the great awakenings in, in America the Great Awakenings in America, really, it's particularly the, the first Great Awakening, was really the founder, founding of many universities like Princeton and other universities that you would know, you would hear their names. They were founded through revival. And yet they've completely forgotten about their heritage. 
The left has completely dominated most of the university college system in America, just like it has here. And so we've got to realize sometimes we've got to call to the Lord and say, you're going to have to come and do something because we'll beat the drum. We'll do whatever we can. We'll pray. We'll hold services. We'll, we'll you know, when it's right, we'll go and rally and we'll, we'll harbor whatever we can. But ultimately, we've got to call to the Lord and say, you're going to have to come and do something. Because the world is in a more confused state than it's ever been before. And in previous revivals, in previous revivals, what they've said and done is not going to just be able to be rolled out this time round. Because people aren't the same as they were 250 years ago. There is more confusion now than ever before in history. I mean, it's a completely different landscape. But the Holy Spirit knows how to save a person who is sexually or gender confused. They didn't know how to do that 200 years ago. In fact, they didn't even think that was possible 200 years ago. And so we need a Holy Spirit that is current right now. So we have to call on a God who knows how to solve today's problems. Because the last wave, those issues weren't an issue. But they're going to be an issue now. Look around you. And we have to call to the Lord and say, God, you're going to have to do it your way, your style, on your clock. Holy Spirit, if you're going to move, you're going to have to do it because our, our methods probably won't work. But I take sort of great comfort in Jeremiah 33.3 because it's, it's just an absolute promise. Call to me and I will answer you. Let's continue to just call on him. Call on him this week. Like Karen said, if you're free, even if you can only come for five minutes, if you need a pillow and a sleeping bag and a hot chocolate, you bring whatever you need to bring and you get in this place at least once. Can I ask that? At least once. And, and you, can, you can stand in the corner and just groan and bang your head on the wall if that's all you can do. Sometimes that's all we can do, isn't it? I don't know what to pray anymore. I'm just going to bang my head. Holy Spirit knows with cries and groans that can't be understood. And so we're in that place, 2022. We don't know what the year's going to look like, but we're going to call to the Lord this week, seven nights of prayer. We're going to just, you don't even have to do anything or, or dress fancy, just thongs and stubbies will be fine. Whatever. Do they still, still sell those things, stubby shorts? I don't even know if they sell them anymore. I've got some people pleading no, <laughs> wives especially. <laughs> Don't roll out the stubbies. <laughs> Psalm 50 verse 15 says this, Then call on me when you're in trouble and I will rescue you. And you will give me glory. We will give him glory. Call on me when you're in trouble. And he will answer. If you are in trouble today, or maybe you're not in trouble, maybe you're just at a place where it's just dry and barren and nothing's working, nothing's happening. Call on him and he will come to you. He will come to you. Psalm 86 verse 5 says this, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. This is a verse which is great for us almost on a daily basis because I'm sure your own guilt, just like mine, 
or the enemy will compile guilt just like he does to me and make you feel worse for not being good enough. Make you feel worse than you actually are because you haven't prayed enough. Or maybe you don't feel you're holy enough or you don't have enough faith or you don't look the right or sound the right part or whatever it might be. The enemy loves to bring condemnation. And if he can tear you down and make you feel lesser than, then I'm sure you feel lesser than spiritually. I want to tell you, the Bible says you're an overcomer. The Bible says you're an overcomer. And if you're an overcomer, if, if you're a co-heir connected in communion with Jesus Christ, who has the victory over all mankind, then you can be assured what you ask of him in his name. He's already, he's already about the business. He's already about bringing about. We might not be able to see it, but do not let the enemy say you're not good enough. Do not let him put you down and make you feel lesser than because of how you look or sound. Because if you have Jesus in you and you are filled with his spirit, you are an overcomer. And even if you've failed, even if you've had some stuff go wrong. This passage here says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive you of any sin. He's ready to forgive you of doubt and fear and anxiety and uh, habits and other things. Sure, we want to let those things go and not make them part of our life. But don't let the enemy stamp you with condemnation. Don't let him bring you down because Jesus is ready to forgive you today. He's ready. He's, he's at hand, ready to wash you clean and bring about fresh new life in your life and abundant in loving kindness. If you've ever felt condemnation, it's the opposite to how Jesus operates. It's the opposite to how he operates because the Father loves you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to bring about abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. This is the heart of God. When we call on him, he answers us. When we call on him, he resources us. I wonder how many times we've missed opportunities of kingdom resources because we haven't called on him. Just through either lethargy or doubt or just, oh, I'm just too tired. He's not even going to do that for me. And we miss an opportunity of kingdom resources being released to us. What do I mean by kingdom resources? Anything, anything. Anything that God has at hand. I want to sort of summarize everything I'm saying today at 11.11. Uh, Daniel 9, is, oh, I always look up at that time. Daniel 9, 15 to 19. And this, this passage here is one I've gone to. You, you know, you've got go-to passages. This has been a go-to passage when we've needed breakthrough, whether it's business or ministry or life. I remember going back to this passage a few times because I, I figure if it's good enough for Daniel, it's good enough for me. And I just read the first couple of verses just to preface where we're at here. Uh, and he says, Lord our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. What's he doing? He's reminding the Lord you've done it in the past. This is your heart, God. You've done it in the past. It's exactly what we're doing today. We're saying, God, you've moved in the past. I'm sure most of you have been saved a little while. You've been through moves of God. You've been through seasons of refreshing where God's moved powerfully. I want to encourage you, remind him again. This week, remind him. Tell him, Lord, you promised this. You prophesied over us that this was going to happen. Hold him to that. 
even if the person was making it up, hold him to him anyway, because God overrides everything. And his heart is good. His heart is for you. And so remind, this is what Daniel's doing. He's saying, God, you've done it. You've done great works of power in the past. And then he says, but we have sinned and are full of wickedness. What's he doing? He's humbling himself. He's humbling himself and saying, we, we have turned away from you. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Interesting when we look at this and just dig into this a little bit here. Because Jerusalem, the city Jerusalem, and what he's talking about here is really God's people. We are God's people. And when I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, it says, All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem. The truth, truth is that all the neighboring people mock Christianity. It's the only people group you're allowed to mock in the media. It's the only people group, especially if you're white. They can have a go. They can say whatever you like about Christianity, about Jesus. You can swear about Jesus. You can't do that about anyone else. But you can do it about Christians. And sometimes we need to realize that the, the world, the system is against Christianity. The whole system is against Christianity. They are mocking Christianity. Why are they mocking us? And I read this next patch and, uh, and I thought, wow, okay, maybe there's... Maybe there's something in this. It says, All the neighboring nations mock Christians and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I haven't been too bad in the last few months and we've been a good church. And then I was thinking, you know, what's often the accusation that non Christians bring against Christians? They, first, they'll say about the Crusades. Uh, and then often they'll say, and this is, a, this is the real one, that then they'll say about the child abuse. In Christian mainstream, and I'm not just talking Catholics because it's rife, isn't it? You know, uh, particularly the way boarding schools was done, you know, in the, in the last century and the century before that. And then I thought, wow, wow, there is stuff we need to repent of. And there is a spirit that, it, that, is, that is mourning the, the loss of trust in faithful Christians and there's a generation, I was hearing some of the statistics of just in France alone, the thousands and thousands, I can't remember, I think it was 70 plus thousand uh, abuse survivors. And I was thinking, wow, why would you join that particular brand of church if you had any of that in your lineage? You wouldn't run to that, would you? So there is sin we need to t be aware of because we're in that basket, unfortunately. Sure, maybe it's not in our particular stream or in our church, uh, but it's, it's in Christendom, unfortunately. And so that's, that's what we can see. And, I, and then I began to think deeper about that. And I thought, wow, you know, with the whole sexual confusion and gender confusion, what, it, and when I was, especially when I was hearing the statistics about just France alone, but then you spread it throughout Europe and throughout Australia and New Zealand and America, the, the amount of millions of families that have been impacted by abuse, no wonder there's so much sexual confusion. What if we were one of the stemming points from that? And then it makes you realize. We have to take responsibility. I know that's deep for a Sunday morning. But when you think about this stuff, you realize we can't accuse. We have to take responsibility for our sin. And that's what Daniel's doing here. 
He's crying out to the Lord. He's saying, Lord, remember, remember the great moves of God. But at the same time, Lord, I repent of our sin. Wash us clean. Wash us clean as a people. Wash us clean as a church in Australia. Forgive us. Forgive us for our sin and the times where we haven't understood, where we've brought accusation. Because I've done that just like, just like everyone. But then he says, and this is the good part. He says, Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Isn't that a great explanation? Lean down, and because sometimes it feels like he's listening to someone else way over the other side of the world. But let me tell you, he's closer than you think. He's closer than you think. Lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, the city of churches, lies in ruins. We make this plea not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. We're calling on his mercy. It's not, it's not just because we want a nice set of meetings or we want to look better or have more people or whatever else. It's because of his mercy. Why? Because he loves us. He loves the lost, those who aren't here today. Those, those hundred odd thousand in the city of Onkaparinga and the cities around here, his heart burns for them. His heart burns for them because of his mercy. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay. O oh my God, for your people and your city, bear your name. That's a prayer for the city of Adelaide, the city of churches. In a lot of ways, we are a desolate sanctuary. In a lot of ways, we, we pray for God to move. We're praying for healing. We're praying for restitution. We're praying for reformation and transformation of our society. But in a lot of areas, we're not seeing it. And sometimes we have to recognize, like Daniel, we're a desolate sanctuary. You know, there's a Chinese proverb, and I'll stuff it up, I'm sure. But, you know, it, it says that um, a, a full cup can't get any more knowledge in. And sometimes we have to empty ourselves of, of what we think we know so that we can actually be filled up again. And that's why sometimes we have to realize as a church, we're not where we want to be. As an individual, I'm not where I want to be. As a community, we're not where we want to be. We're a desolate sanctuary compared to with what we see and what we hope he brings in. And so we empty ourselves of what we know and we say, God, listen, hear and act. For your own sake, do not delay, oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. God's desire is that none should perish. And that's his heart for you. That's his heart for your family. That's his heart for your loved ones, your friends, your neighbours, even your work colleagues. I remember sometimes when we had our factory and we had hundreds of staff. And I remember sometimes I'd, you know, I'd read passages like this. I had scriptures up on my wall uh, in our, in our um, offices. And I remember sometimes I'd, I'd glance at the scripture. I'd just come out of a conflict or sack someone or something like that. And I'd look up at the, the wall and i think, think, how is that even relevant right now? You know? uh, and there are times where the enemy will try and make scripture and kingdom principles seem completely irrelevant to the world. And we will begin to compromise because we think they don't fit. They actually override all of them. 
They override all of them. And it doesn't mean we wash away how we deal with things. But when we, when we breathe in Him and we actually turn like Daniel, say, God brings solutions. And I can remember specific times, particularly in business, but also in ministry, where Karen and I have taken things and we've said, God, we have no clue what to do. We have absolutely zero in our tank to know what to do. And it's funny, God seems to love it when we get there. He will stretch you further than you can stretch. He will stretch our faith further than we thought we had enough. Why? Because he loves us to rely on him. And then his great mercy, as it says here, steps in and he begins to respond. Wherever you're at today, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you do know him. Maybe you're struggling to believe for that thing. I want to tell you, this is not just some person's word. God's word overrides how you feel about it. God's word overrides what you think is going to happen. His word, his promises override what you can foresee. And that's why he's called God and we're not. He has all the resources, all the resources for everything you're asking, everything you're calling on him. He has all the resources lined up. It's like me, uh, this, this season with our sheep, we don't have many sheep and I'm not a very good shepherd, okay? I've, I've, uh, I've already confessed that many times. But one thing I know is they like food. And um, you can drive up in the ute with a, a ute load of hay and they'll start barring at you from like half a kilometre away. They're dumb animals, but they know when food's about. And so this year, we actually got a little bit organised and we pre-purchased some hay and we have all that hay in our shed ready to give them when they've eaten down and mowed what I want them to mow. But this is exactly like the father. He has your hay already stored away for you in, in a storehouse, in a storehouse. And Malachi promises when we bring when we bring ourselves in, yes, the tithe, but when we bring our offerings, that includes us. That includes our heart. When we bring that into the storehouse like we're doing now, that's his kingdom. That's his family. Yes, that's this connection. See that I won't throw open the windows of heaven. He's got those hay bales waiting for you. I know it's not a very good picture, isn't it? You might want to picture other things. Whatever you're needing, he already has stock of. In fact, he's preempted that you're going to need it and the storehouse is full. Call on the Lord and he is faithful. He will rescue you, he will forgive you, and he will provide for you. I want you to stand this morning and the worship team to come up. And just lift your hands, whatever you're asking him for, just in this atmosphere there is something about when God's people connect together, like when we worship. It's, it's so much better when we're together than when we had to do live stream and there was four people here. It's, God loves people. He loves you. And he loves it when we get together and when we do stuff together and when we stretch our faith together. So if you want to call on the Lord this morning, whatever it is, Whatever it looks like. Maybe you're not saved. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Call on him this morning. Maybe you're online watching and you've never called on him. Call on the name of Jesus today. And his word says, 
I will rescue you. I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. This is a promise for the Lord. For you today, whatever you're going through, He wants to provide. He wants to release heaven. He wants to release resources. He wants to release healing. He wants to release power and anointing and refreshing and revival. So Lord, we call on you today. We call on you today for heaven's resources to be released. Into that scenario, into our situation today, we believe your word. We take your word for what it is. And by faith, we say, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. We pray upon our city that you would come with a mighty move of God. We can't necessarily see it. We can't necessarily feel it. But we trust you. We know you. We know history. And we know that you are a God of renewing your people. You are a God who renews. And we ask for you to breathe on us. Breathe on us by the power of your Spirit. By the power of your Spirit. That you would come and revive your people. Come and revive your church. Come and revive us. Come and revive this region. Holy Spirit of God. Come and breathe on us, your people. Forgive us our ways. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our wrongdoings and our lack of belief and our judgments. We lay those things aside and we say, come, Holy Spirit, to your church again. Revive us again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Lord, we bless your name today. We worship you because you're worthy. We worship you because you are worthy. I want us to worship for a few minutes together this morning. I want you to release your soul to Him, release your spirit to Him. And in faith, I just want us to call on Him in worship. Call on Him in worship. And if we can kind of begin this week on, on Sunday morning, just stretching our voice as one voice harvest family this morning, declaring, decreeing heaven, decreeing breakthrough and just calling on the Lord in worship. Let's do it this morning.